WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked to a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. St. Joe Today is reporting success when it comes to the downtown social district in downtown St. Joseph. Events manager Daniel Crevier tells us the social district is in its second year. It's a marked area of the downtown where someone can carry an alcoholic beverage purchased at a participating business nearby. It was created during the pandemic. When we had those restricted capacity limits in restaurants, it was to kind of help them make up some of that lost profit and to kind of get people out on the streets to be able to social distance. Crevier says the district has worked. So it's been a great thing to provide businesses and restaurants with a little bit more added profits. And we've sold over, I know we've printed at least over 17,000 social district stickers. Crevier says nine downtown businesses participate. She sees its effects all the time, including this past weekend when Chalk the Block had a lot of people coming downtown. The district was created when St. Joe City Commissioners opted to allow it under a state law. More than 40 cities statewide have social districts now, and the district in St. Joe is authorized to the end of 2024. The Friends of the Berrien County Trails has wrapped up a series of workshops seeking the public's thoughts on how the county's trail system should develop. People gathered at the Southwest Michigan Planning Commission office in Benton Harbor last night to look at maps of available trails and proposed trails. The commission's Marcy Hamilton tells us they were asked to take part in a few exercises. The first one is they get to vote on their top six routes that they'd like to see implemented. The second activity is they get to kind of tell us where they think there's problems in the county and their ideas for fixing them. Attendees could also offer positive comments. Hamilton says that's not all. The next station is basically looking at hiking trails, biking trails, equestrian trails, mountain biking trails, and asking folks what would make their experiences better or where they'd like to see other facilities. People place stickers on maps to indicate where they would like a trail, among other things. Hamilton says the Southwest Michigan Planning Commission is working on a trails master plan to be ready in the fall. Each municipality in the county will be asked for support. Information from the workshops that wrapped up last night will be used in the master plan. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has approved $1,000 in hazard pay for all county employees. During a meeting today, Chair Mac Elliott noted Sheriff's Department employees got hazard pay in 2020, but not other employees. Commissioner Jim Curran said it's the time it's time to pay them all. I think all our employees are essential from the person who mows the lawn to empties the trash, the, the secretaries, everyone. So when they tried to separate out law enforcement and I get law enforcement, OK, I'm not opposed to that. But there are a lot of other essential people that you have to put into that category. There were actually two hazard pay items on the agenda today, one to give the thousand dollars to ju- juvenile center employees and then another one for everyone else. Elliott noted it was a bit of an oversight that the Juvenile Center employees didn't get hazard pay in 2020. Commissioner Terry Freeling. I think that this resolution rights the wrong as it relates to having that hazard pay offered to those who were working during the pandemic. Elliott said with so many counties granting hazard pay to their workers, Berrien needed to do the same to be competitive. The vote on the hazard pay was unanimous. The pay will not go to elected officials, including county commissioners. Appearing on the November ballot in Berrien County will be a renewal of the county's public safety millage. During today's meeting of the county board, there was some thought about not putting the millage before voters. 
Commissioner Terry Freeling said people are seeing costs go up too much across the board. I realize that the cost of everything has gone up, including for the sheriff's department. Just at this time, I'm not supportive of this particular millage. Freeling said there are other revenue strains that could be explored for handling of public safety and needs. She and Commissioners Ezra Scott and James Martin voted against putting the millage on the ballot. The other eight commissioners voted yes. The public safety millage pays for capital improvements for the sheriff's department, but not for salaries. Bering County Board of Commissioners took a few minutes during its meeting today to appreciate the staff at Silver Beach County Park. Berrien County Parks Director Jill Adams said key among those employees are the lifeguards, of which there are currently nine. They're on duty Wednesdays through Sundays. They assist our guests in many different ways. They educate visitors about water safety. They administer first aid. They report issues to our rangers and maintenance. They are very good at reuniting lost and missing children with their parents. And that's a common occurrence at the beach. Adam says this Sunday will be the last day for the lifeguards this year. She also saluted the maintenance and management team at the park, which gets around 10,000 visitors each year. Union leaders representing Michigan's prison guards say they're considering asking Governor Gretchen Whitmer to activate the Michigan National Guard to help with securing state prisons. Michigan Corrections Organization President Byron Osborne calls the situation a time bomb because of staffing shortages, overworked corrections officers, and frustrated inmates. Our vacancy rates have continued to increase, and the current workforce of officers are working long hours, a lot of mandatory overtime, um, a lot of closed positions inside of the facilities. Uh, And when I say closed positions, that means there are assignments inside that usually would have a uniformed corrections officer in them uh, that are being left unfilled due to the shortages. Osborne says more guards are retiring or resigning because they can't take the long hours. The governor's office has not commented on using National Guard troops as guards. Climate change legislation backed by President Joe Biden will likely get a vote in the U.S. House this week. Congressman Fred Upton tells us he doesn't think the package comes at the right time. Raises taxes, particularly on businesses, raises, uh, I think, some energy costs as well. A lot of new spending. Upton says the climate, health and tax bill narrowly won approval in the Senate, and the same will be true in the House. Most economists, I think, don't believe that we ought to be raising taxes on businesses, particularly small businesses, when you have a recession. But the Democrats have the votes. Upton says that he expects the package to be approved by one or two votes. The $370 billion legislation is designed to move the country away from fossil fuels and reduce its carbon dioxide output to 40 percent below 2005 levels by the end of the decade. It removes caps on electric vehicle tax credits, allows rebates for energy-efficient appliances, and creates a new corporate tax, among other things. And Benton Harbor's Ghost Light Theater is conducting its summer 2022 season with the production of the award-winning musical Violet. Set in the Civil Rights era, South in 1964, Violet tells the story of a disfigured girl on a journey to growth and enlightenment as she takes a bus ride west in hopes of a miracle at the hands of a televangelist. Show director Paul Mao says the story touches on profound cultural issues that still resonate today. Objectification of women and women's validity based on their look. And then also the uh, juxtaposition in the race relations between a young white woman falling in love with a young black man in the Deep South. Also of ableism, you know, whether or not um, she's able to have a normal life with a facial disfigurement. Lots of terrific themes for us to vacillate on. Mao says the story also takes the audience on a musical journey through the South. 
Violet runs August 18th to the 28th. The performance is Thursday through Saturday is at 7.30 p.m. And then Sunday matinee is at 3 at Ghost Lights Black Box Theater. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News and Now continues. Calls are growing on both sides of the aisle for more information regarding the FBI raid at former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. ABC's learned the raid might have had to do with Trump's alleged handling of classified documents that he took with him from the White House. The details are not known, though, and the Justice Department is staying quiet. Trump's own legal team is silent and is said to have a copy of the search warrant. ABC contributor and former FBI agent Brad Garrett says, while speaking about the details of a case, could help the public understand what's going on. It runs the risk of jeopardizing the investigation, especially in this case. If these agents, and I think this probably happened in some form or fashion, seized classified documents at the former president's residence, they can't talk about it. It's against the law for them to talk about classified documents other than people who have commensurate security clearances to be told about it. So, I, and I get why the public is, is upset, but it just doesn't work. The Justice Department has asked a court to unseal the search warrant the FBI received before it searched the Florida the state of former President Trump. Attorney General Merrick Garland said today that he cited the substantial public interest in the matter in announcing the request at a hastily scheduled Justice Department news conference. Garland also said he, was pers- he personally approved the search warrant, which was part of an ongoing Justice Department investigation into the discovery of classified White House records recovered from Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Palm Beach, Florida, earlier this year. President Biden and First Lady uh, Dr. Jill Biden began their fir- first full day of vacation today in South Carolina. Meanwhile, back in Washington, administration officials signaled what their message will be to voters ahead of the crucial November 2022 midterm elections, arguing that the legislation will help working families. Democrats are planning to focus much of their election messaging on the Inflation Reduction Act, which passed the Senate along party lines over the weekend. Republicans say the bill raises taxes. ABC's Jay O'Brien has more from the White House. In a memo, White House officials say their goal ahead of the midterms will be to contrast the president's legislative accomplishments with what they call the work of ultra-MAGA Republicans, Democrats focusing on the roughly $740 billion Inflation Reduction Act, which includes green energy incentives and allows Medicare to negotiate for lower prescription drug prices. These are things that Democrats have been fighting for for 34 years. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre Having passed the Senate, the bill goes to the House Friday. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, the White House. Donald Trump says he invoked the Fifth Amendment and would not answer questions under oath in the long-running New York civil investigation into his business dealings. Trump arrived at New York Attorney General Letitia James's offices yesterday morning but sent out a statement more than an hour later saying he declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the U.S. Constitution. Anything he said during the deposition could have been used against him in a criminal case if one ensues. While the New York investigation is civil in nature, the Manhattan District Attorney is running a parallel criminal. And now to Russia, where a foreign ministry spokesperson has signaled negotiations are underway that could lead to the release of WNBA player Brittany Griner. That development comes after the Russian foreign minister himself said talks about prisoner exchanges with the U.S. 
should not be made public. More from Justin Finch. A Russian foreign ministry spokesman appearing to suggest Thursday that the U.S. and Russia are communicating following the U.S.'s prisoner swap proposal that would see Russia exchanging WNBA star Brittany Griner and former Marine Paul Whelan for U.S.-held convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. The spokesman tight-lipped on details, saying competent authorities are now involved and that in the course of negotiations, the interests of both parties must be taken into account. Justin Finch, a ABC News, Washington. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.